Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yes, I do identify as being an empath. You're not alone. There's many of us out here. When we were actual kids, this was not role modeled feeling angry or upset. They're going to tell you to cut it out. That's enough. Stop your complaining. And so we, we do that to ourselves. We dismiss our own feelings. We slough them off all the time. You're going to feel it. Your emotions. Feelings are information. This is the path towards honoring your own needs. Now you come back to sitting with your own feelings. There's no one else around. It's just you. So now you're here to do this work. What do I need? How am I feeling? Reparenting myself, giving myself what I always needed to give myself. Reconnecting with my creativity and my, my, my passions because now I have all this space to do what I want to do. Find what lights your fire. Really make that your, your life mission. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. Keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself. Do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome back to the Inspired Evolution. And we have with us today, Inspiring Our Evolution, Freya Mortensen. Freya, how are you there, Sister Bear? I'm doing great, Henry. Thank you. It is so nice to have you here with us. For those tuning into Freya for the first time, hold your horses. She's the author of the book, Colors of the, Colors of the Mind, 
It's a book guiding people to conscious living, authenticity, freedom. Um, it's a book on mindset as much as it also is on your personal philosophies, I guess, which we're looking forward to diving deep into today. Um, there's a thriving, budding Instagram following that you've got over on Instagram and your YouTube videos. I'm really excited to sort of hear a little bit more about the content that you're covering in that space, especially for people that think you're trying to bridge a divide between it's being okay to be your true self if that invokes loneliness but also the divide between connection and that as well so I think you affectionately refer to it as the lone wolf uh, but there's also a whole body work around empaths as well so there's a lot of ground we could cover today um, I wanted to start straight out of the gate um, with yeah just asking the question whether you think um, people are born empathic or whether they actually it's something they develop and if it is something they develop I've got a whole string of questions around that um, or if they are born I've got a whole string of questions around that so I'll let you answer the the question first and then let's see which rabbit hole we end up down yeah well there's a whole string of answers that I can give around your question let's, <laughs> no, because let's hear <laughs> I could say yes people are born that way I for sure would say that I definitely 100% was born that way, very sensitive to energy and emotions and taking on other people's emotions as my own. But I think that it's possible that people can develop a heightened sense of empathy as well, perhaps because of something that they've experienced that's ignited that in them. And just in general, you know, empathy is on a spectrum, right? We all are capable of that. Um, but when we use the term empath, well, there's just a personality that goes along with it that needs uh, some more attention. Yeah, because there is, a, I don't want to say baggage, but baggage is probably the word I'm going to reach for, um, to the word empath. Can you define what empath, what an empath is? Uh, like, obviously, yeah, just in your own words. Yeah, for sure. You know, I can say it in a few ways. One being that they're somebody that is like an emotional sponge. They feel other people's emotions as if they were their own. They're very sensitive to energy and emotion. But they also have a connection to energy in way of Judith Orloff. Uh, she wrote this book called The Empath Survival Guide. And she separates them all into these different types of empaths. And you can be all of them. People who have who are plant empaths, who have this like it's more than a green thumb where you just know what a plant is feeling and what it needs. There's animal empaths where you're very connected to animals and what they need need and what they're feeling. Um, there's even earth empaths, people who are very sensitive to the earth's atmosphere and pressures and everything that's going on. Um, and it's planets, connected planets too. Um, what are the other ones that she talks about? Dream empaths, even, where we use our, our dreams as oracles. So there can be that, like, that take on it as well. That's a lot funner and <laughs> yeah. to talk about. Yeah, it's, um, it opens up your mind really to, I guess, just how much everything is living. Because I think when you start feeling into that, it's like, oh, yeah, I can tune into the energies of, what's alive and then it's like well the earth is alive the trees are alive the plants are alive the rivers are alive the atmosphere is alive um and then being able to and i guess therein comes the word which you hear a lot is and i hear it 
amongst empath friends, which is, oh, taking on, you know, I'm taking this on. Um, can you describe what empaths mean by that? Well, you're taking on things that are not your responsibility. And then that extends to other things um, like codependency. That extends to other things like it being a trauma response. Like in order for someone else to feel better, or rather in order for me to feel better, because I'm taking on their stress and it's giving me anxiety. What they're experiencing is giving me anxiety. So I need to make them feel better so that I can feel better when that's not my responsibility. So there's this issue of lacking emotional boundaries. Boundaries is a big thing that I talk about a lot. So. Yeah, I noticed and I knew it was only a matter of time <laughs> before we ended up there. But, well, that big um, B before, word comes out. Before, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I like it. Boundaries with a capital B. Um, but before we dive deeper into there, I think discussing the nature of the empath a little bit further, um, yeah, because I think to some degree, and I'm not sure maybe I'm just needing some work on myself, touch wood, but to some degree, don't we all do that a little bit in order to make a relationship feel harmonious? We kind of, I don't say take on the other person's stuff, but we help the other person navigate their experience a little bit more smoothly. And if that means I have to contort myself into a certain shape a little bit, um, a little bit. Isn't that what healthy relationshiping looks like? Sure. But then there's people who do that all the time and not just a little bit. They do that a lot to the point where they lose touch with their own emotional needs. Right? So their needs don't matter. It's other people that do more so. And, and the people that I coach, like, They'll be givers. They're constantly giving. They have so much compassion for other people and it's beautiful and it's lovely. And that's what the world needs more of. But then they lack it in themselves. They don't know how to do it for themselves. And they and some won't even allow other people to do that for them either. So then that's where it gets a little bit problematic. Can you describe that problem and the source of that problem a little bit? Like a common is there a common source to that problem? Hmm. In my experience with myself, with the people that I've been coaching, it comes down to how they value their worth. So their worth, their self-worth is based on what other people think about them and what they can do for other people and what of, and, and of what value they are for others. And... I mean, a lot of times they're raised in environments that are conditioning them to be a pleaser, to not be selfish. It's not about you. You're not here to, you know, worry about what you need all the time. It's about what, what about other people? You know, and sometimes the empathic person will have some, I always say, you know, givers attract takers. And so sometimes they are conditioned in an environment by people who are taking from them um, because the empath doesn't have any boundaries and wants to please people, wants to be liked. 
wants to be seen in a good light. Correct me if I'm wrong, maybe because I'm a male, so I sort of see things a little bit this way and I'm happy to sort of, I'm sure it's somewhat universal in the world we live in, um, but I'll just speak from my experience. Um, but oftentimes a lot of our value, like you described, is attached to what we do. It's like, hey, you know, what's your name? Amrit, what do you do? Podcaster coach. But it's like, why does it matter what I do? <laughs> like, why was that the very next question? Like, go away. Piss off a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be like that. but. There's that element of how much value society in and of itself um, attaches to the doing nature. Um, and it's almost, and I, I, you know, I have my own sentiments around this, so I hope no one takes this on. But, you know, it's like the doing is the cog that we fulfill within the mechanism of the social stream of everything. Um, and it's almost like your value is the cog and the function that you perform to some degree, um, which is what's enforced in the environments for not just some of us, all of us in many ways, isn't it? Like I know you mentioned it's for some of us. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a lot based on, you know, what do you, what do you do for a living? What are you doing out there? What's your role in this world? Imagine if we ask people instead, what's your passion? What are you passionate about? Right, because that's more of who are you being instead of what are you doing? Who are you being in this on this planet? And oh boy, you know, people come into my my coaching to work with me. What what are you passionate about? Helping other people. <laughs> Damn it, that's me. <laughs> and that's lovely. That's a great passion to have. Like I said, mm. we need more of that. But is it to your own detriment? Mm. where it's all about helping other people and your source of self-worth is primarily and solely based on external validation. You need other people to tell you that you are good, that you are okay, that you are worthy because otherwise you don't believe it yourself. Okay, discernment, calibration. How do we, how are we able to tell whether we're giving from a leaking cup or whether we're giving from a full cup um, or whether we even need to not be giving at the moment and just fill up our own cup and yeah help me with my cup <laughs> hey you're inspired tribe i want to take a quick sec i wanted to share something today with you that is really dear to my heart and it's actually what keeps the entire ecosystem around the inspired evolution thriving my one-on-one -on -one coaching so it's basically coaching that helps you live a spiritually aligned life. I coach people from all different types of walks of life. That These people are leaders and they're looking to have an incredible spiritual impact in the lives that they're leading for themselves and then also lead in alignment to their values. Now you don't have to take my word for it. Here's a few people that have also transformed through my coaching and here's what they have to say. Amrit is a fantastic coach. In a few sessions, he got to a depth that I'd only experienced before working with certain medicines. And He's gone through a lot of the struggles that you're probably facing. Then my corporate banking job wasn't really doing it. You feel like you're not making progress towards your goals. And Amrit's been a really strong, supportive figure in my journey. I'm more in control of myself. I'm kinder to myself. I actually have that vision and a purpose. I do feel like I'm a better version of myself already. Amazing energy. He was easy to talk to, which made me easy to trust him. Working with Emmerich at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and really I was bouncing out of bed. Whenever I get off the calls with Emmerich, best money we've ever spent. <laughs> 
I would not recommend him because I don't want everyone to know about him and then I won't be able to book him. If he gets too busy, I won't get my turn. I would say absolutely. There's no way you can work with Amrit for a period of time without being transformed. So if you're considering him as a coach, do not hesitate because you won't be disappointed. As you guys can see, there's a lot of people all over the world from all these different corners experiencing incredible transformations. I don't think if I can say humbly myself that there is anything quite like this somewhere else online. Most people that you know have channels that you know grow and grow and grow don't really focus on one-to-one -one offerings. I have just found that it is the most profound space where you can bring yourself in a private container and really just share what's going on for yourself. And if you want to book in for that call with me, touch base, it's www amrit.coach forward slash life. That's www.amrit.coach forward slash L-I-F-E. There is a link in the show notes below to book in that call. And yeah, if you want to take your journey further, if you want to dive in deeper and you really want to live a spiritually aligned life, if it's for you, please do check it out. And without too much further ado, once again, for your spirit, for yourself, today's podcast. I know, right? No, ask somebody if they know what their needs are. And if people have no idea what their needs are, then it's probably likely that they have an empty cup. What do you mean what my needs are? I don't know. I have needs? What kind of needs? Well, you certainly know the needs of other people very well, I bet. What are the needs in other people that, that you're helping them with? They'll, you know, name off a whole bunch. No wonder your, your cup is leaky because you're just letting it all ooze out, giving it to everyone else. You start to patch up those little holes, those little leaks. Once you start to take care of your own needs, like, oh, taking care of my need right now, which is that I need some alone time today. I have to say no to all these social engagements. I've been taking on too much, I'm getting burnt out. So I'm patching this one up so I can fill up my reserves. You know? Oh, I'm saying no to, to lending money to this person in, anymore. I can't do it anymore. I, I got to mind my own budget, my own monetary needs. So I patch that one up. Oh, see my thing going up as I take care of my needs. A couple of questions about our needs there. For some of us, I know it sounds doable, but I know you've got a whole coaching practice built around this, <laughs> supporting others on this path. Um, it sounds doable, but if we, it can be quite confronting to start doing that let's just take the example of lending people money um you've been lending someone money for some time and they pay you back and then eventually it's like oh that's not working for me um it can be quite like oh but it feels like almost like you're rubbing the cat the wrong way to not live into the patterns that you've previously been living into right guilt right that's what comes up just dealing with the guilt that's that's the biggest barrier and that's what, what we would say holds us back from taking care of our own needs, is feeling guilty about it. If I'm doing something for myself, that means somebody else might have to go without. So it's just, I think, a matter of perception and how we're thinking about it. It's like, well, am I enabling this behavior in this person? Is it holding them back from taking their own financial responsibilities? Is it interfering in the kind of quality of our relationship? Our relationship would be way better if we didn't have this lending money thing going on in the background. Or maybe I would really understand what the nature of this relationship was much clearer if 
this lending of the money wasn't going on exactly. So guilt is one of those things that people have to start to understand the difference between healthy guilt and unhealthy guilt. Because unhealthy guilt is when you think you've done something wrong, but you really haven't. It's okay if you don't want to lend money to this person anymore. There's nothing bad about that. Absolutely right. And I'm just conscious that in some instances, because of the funky nature and blessings that relationships are, um, you will draw a line and you will potentially recognize healthy guilt and toxic guilt and then make a decision. But then sometimes even the other party go like rubs you up, kind of, kind of calls you out and goes, what, like, you're wrong. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yep. So having, you know, put a boundary in place in some ways, you know, which is actually a healthy thing. And then, and therein lies again, like being able to meet our needs um, can be such a challenge because of the dynamic nature of all the elements involved. And it's like, okay, I stood up for myself a little bit. Um, and then the other person just bulldozes right over that. Sometimes it's like, mm, that didn't really work. <laughs> Does that just happened to me, no one else. <laughs> Sorry, I can see your smile. It's probably happened to a lot. No, it happens. It happens. Or you're pleasantly surprised and you have a talk with this person in a very, you know, genuine way and compassionate way to say, I know you're having trouble with this and I really wish I could help you, but I can't anymore. I hope you understand. And they might be like, you know what? I totally get it. Thank you for all the help that you've been giving me. But I, I understand that you're not able to do this again. And, and thank you for being upfront with me about it. That happens too. And you're like, oh, they took it so well. What was I so afraid of? Oh my gosh, they took like they understood. Yes, they understood. Look at people will show you that side of them. They're like, yeah, I get it. No worries. Or they'll show you the other side where they get really pissed off. And it's always information for you about where you stand with that person. So setting boundaries is a good opportunity to to see where you stand with this person. It's scary. <laughs> it's like anxiety ridden at first. But, you know, it's, it's a necessary uh, skill that we need to learn. And it helps us to have healthy relationships. Especially for deeply empathic people who are deep feelers. It's really hard for us to have those conversations because we don't know which way it's going to go. So we hope for the best. Having kind of a profound realization, and maybe you can help me cement it or correct it um, in this conversation, is the the cup that I mentioned earlier. Are the walls of the cup literally your needs? Could you say that? Um, I would say the contents are your needs, and the walls of the cup are your boundaries. So if you don't have any boundaries, then all your needs just they don't exist. They're not contained. Where if you do have boundaries, then all your needs are contained and you have a nice full cup. How do we start to learn to identify what our needs are? Mm -hmm. You're going to feel it. Your emotions. Feelings are information. So when you feel tired oh, and exhausted, that's information that you've been doing too much. Maybe you need to take a step back on something. What do you need to delegate? What do you need to start asking for help for? 
do you need to um, start to change? If you're feeling sad, there might be a need to take care of some emotions or communicate some feelings to other people. If you're feeling really bored, it might be an indication that I need some passions. I need to bring back some hobbies into my life. I need to do something. If you're feeling lonely, there's another, there's another feeling that gives you information of I need some connection. I need some connection with people who um, understand me and appreciate me. Are there empaths that can't determine their own feelings from other people's feelings, or does that not really happen? <laughs> True. So that's what makes it hard for them to understand their needs. Mm. Yeah, you're catching on. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, I don't know my needs because I've been fixated on other people's needs. I don't know my needs that are based on my own feelings because I'm fixated on other people's feelings. Like I said, your feelings give you information about what you need. And so, yeah, if you're only focusing on other people's feelings, then you're only going to be focusing on what they need instead of your own. And from that point, once again, tune into your own emotions to try and find what feels energizing or what feels, I guess, de-energizing and to start to recalibrate your path back home. Is that? The advice? Mm -hmm. Even just sitting with yourself. You know, I always, I always put, will put my hand on my heart, on my chest, so I can have some physical contact with my physical body. It's here. It's me. You know, and just ask, just try to source four feelings that I'm having. You know, and I can sit here and I can feel gratitude. Well, I can also feel happy and I can feel some stress and anxiety and I can also feel some fear. I can, I can feel happy and I can feel fear at the same time. You know, we have all these emotions going on within us. But which one are we giving our attention to? Which one am I feeding? Or which one am I ignoring? Because some people might sit there and be like, oh, I don't know. I feel cold. I feel hungry. <laughs> they go into the, the bodily sensations, the, the emotional pieces, right? But okay, you're connecting with your body in some way. Stop. It's telling you you're hungry. <laughs> okay. It's telling you your feet are cold. All right, put on your slippers. <laughs> yeah, that, that in itself is practice to just like check in with yourself. You know, let's just start there. Let's start there. You might not be able to give yourself what you need right away because you don't know how yet, but you're starting to at least acknowledge what that is and letting yourself know, okay, we're learning. We're starting to pick. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Attention. I mean, this conversation is still fixated on um, empathically drawing other people's emotions in. Do you find that um, are people like the relationship towards wanting to people please others, even when it's a negative experience for yourself? Um, yeah, just specifically people pleasing when you know it's compromising your own structural integrity to some degree, and yet you continue to do it. Is it because somebody, like you mentioned this earlier, your self worth is attached to it? But is it? Could you use the word there's an addiction? Like, would you say it's an addiction of some sort? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. a habit. It's a bad habit. It That becomes an addiction, right? Yeah. It's learned behavior. And it's also kind of a form of control. Like, you feel like you have some kind of control over something. That's the addictive part of it. And once in a while, you get a lot of praise. You get a lot of, you know, gratitude. People really appreciate you. But for a really dependent people pleaser, it's like, you know, with an addict, how their tolerance for use goes up. And what they used to get a lot of satisfaction from maybe just a glass of wine, it doesn't do it for them anymore. And now they're drinking a whole bottle. Now they're drinking, like, to numb themselves. And so for the people pleaser, at first it's it's very rewarding, and then it gets to the point where it's it's just not doing them, not doing anything for them anymore. People are, are showing all this gratitude for them. They, they don't even accept it anymore. It's like, because now they've built this resentment. Now Now they've... They just realize like this this isn't sustainable. This what am I doing? Like this this isn't working anymore. That's a lot of the times when people will start to reach out to me. Like uh, it's, it's become a, a bad habit that's interfering in my own well being and happiness. It used to work, it doesn't anymore. Where do those people start with you? Is it back to our needs? Hmm. We do some inner child work. Like I said, connect to the feelings. Building self-compassion. You know, starting to take care of yourself. And just, you know, if it, if I am the one that has to give you permission and say you're allowed to do this, okay, I'm, this is your homework for the week. I'm giving you permission to do this. It surprises That's me. That's what it has to <laughs> come down to, okay? <laughs> you like, told me I'm allowed, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm allowed. Yeah. Permission slip. Exactly. <laughs> 50% of coaching, to be honest. It's a prescription, you know, like a doctor would prescribe you. Here you go. 
take two hours to yourself. To you. <laughs> yes. So yes. I shouldn't laugh. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, because it feels uncomfortable. It's something that's just oh yeah, they got you know, but but you want to evolve yourself. You want to move on to the next level. You know that something is waiting for you. You know that there's something more than this. You know you have you have the capacity to to be something greater than what you are right now. You feel it in your bones. You're like, this isn't all that there is. There's more, there's more. I have more. But I don't want to give it like I've used to been giving it the whole time. I want to do it differently now. I want to be smarter about this now. I want to learn how to still give, but also from a place of self-compassion and with boundaries. I do want to dive into self-compassion and the inner child and help you can help us sort of start a dialogue with our own inner child. Um, but in there we've been discussing empathy. And we've touched on the word compassion. Um, just a piece that I wanted to sort of just pepper in today and then we'll dive back into compassion and um, the inner child and self-healing. The difference between sympathy, empathy and compassion. Is there a difference? Can you describe a little bit? Yeah. So I, I like to look at cognitive empathy and emotional empathy. So cognitive empathy, I think, is more of the sympathy, more or less. Like those two words kind of are interchangeable a little bit sometimes. It's like I can understand what someone is experiencing. I might not really feel what it's like, but I, I get it. You know, somebody somebody had to put their cat down. I'm not really a cat person or a pet person, but all that cognitively, I can understand how they that would be hard for them. And then emotional empathy is where you actually do feel it. Like, oh, like you feel that little pain in your heart for them. You know, your heart goes out. Maybe, maybe you, you cry with them because you, you really, truly, genuinely feel that. And then compassion is the action behind the feeling. So you feel something and then you are compelled to do something about it. So then maybe I send them a, a card or I send them like some gift or, or I take them out to dinner or I take them for a walk. I do something, right? That's, my, that's the compassion. Compassion is the action behind the empathy. Right. Very useful. Thank you. Interesting question that popped in from there. I'm conscious I'm out on a tangent and I'll pull us back in eventually. Okay. <laughs> um, I love going off on tangents. <laughs> Surprised I haven't um, yet. <laughs> the, um, one of the, you know, there's like kinesthetic learners and auditory learners and visual learners. Um, and you're describing, you know, there's cognitive um, versus emotional empathy. And so in that space, do kinesthetic people run the risk more of being emotional empaths is that a thing or have i just made a link in my mind that i don't know it's just a random well, question i guess we're out on a tangent no, like there there is like physical empaths like if you broke your arm like i might feel like that pain in my arm too right or if you're having a headache i might have a headache some people can feel like the physical symptoms that other people are are experiencing like I could have an upset tummy and be like, and then somebody else later be like, oh, that dinner didn't sit well with me. And, you know, I've been on 
toilet. I'm like, oh, okay, that was yours. Okay, I'm fine then. Is that what like is that what you mean? Like in terms of kinesthetic, yeah. the body, yeah. yeah. Yeah, people feel it when they end up feeling it on, and yeah, being more susceptible to that to some degree. Yeah. Okay, so uh, in a child building a relationship <laughs> with this bloke or this girl um, that's in their world, in a child. And for some people tuning in this podcast, maybe it's the first time they've heard this term. Um, can you describe the inner child? Um, who is this? Is there two, two of me? Is someone inside me? What's going on? And how do I build a connection, build a relationship? And why? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bring me in. So if I'm feeling sad, and let's say let's say a friend stood me up for the 10th time 10 times would be a lot though but it, you know i'm feeling sad i'm feeling rejected like oh they keep canceling on me and if and 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 i say to myself yeah they probably don't like you anymore you know it's probably something you said the last time you hung out and I bet you they're, they're going to ghost you and you're never going to hear from them again. And you beat yourself up for it. What you're really doing is that feeling of sadness, that feeling of rejection, that's your inner child. Your feelings are your inner child. Like I said, your feelings are what you need. And so your inner child, if you're not giving them what they need, you're not going to be living very pleasant life so your child comes to you it's like oh so and so canceled on me again do you imagine saying to your kid yeah you probably said something that you shouldn't have had last time you know like i bet you they never call you again you better smarten up you better not you better be a nicer friend to people <laughs> okay like it sounds so harsh when we when we pretend like we say that to our kid but we see that to ourselves as an adult. Why is that okay? So it's really understanding, okay, how would I speak to a child about this? About their feelings of sadness. As and and I'd speak to myself like that. I say, you know, I know you were really looking forward to spending time with that friend. You know, maybe that friend is just dealing with a lot of things right now. Maybe they're struggling. Or or maybe right now, you know, maybe sometimes friendships kind of veer off for a while. Sometimes they have little gaps, periods of time, and that's okay. You know, this maybe we can trust that this friend will will will, will be able to connect with them again one day. But in the meantime, we'll, we'll be patient with them. So we're showing our friend compassion and we're also showing our self compassion. I'm saying, I know. We 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 love this friend. We wish we could have spent time with them. What else are we going to do today instead? You know. And we might text them back and, and say something lovely and whatever. It's really interesting as you're sharing your example. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, because you've managed to dance the dance quite well, obviously. It's your body work. Um, pardon me how that sounds. <laughs> but nonetheless, there is such an opportunity for when you're having that chat with yourself to victimize the self. But in your instance, there was no victim. It was more situational. Um, and I was almost waiting for the moment where when you're talking to your inner self, little self, 
it's like I'll pull you, you know, for feeling that way. Um, but you, none of your languaging afforded the poor you, despite the um, the feelings being sad. Can you unpack that a little bit further, please? Yeah, it's like, it's like you just want to keep this balance, neutrality. You want to validate your own feelings, which is what is so difficult. Is we we're always looking for other people to validate us, but we don't do it for ourselves. So if I'm feeling sad, I'm going to validate my sad and say it's okay. I'm allowed to feel sad. I'm not going to say, oh, "This is stupid. You know, why why are you making a big deal of your feelings?" And we might start that co- our conversation that way. We probably will, because our thoughts are very habitual. They will go that way. But what we can start to do is catch ourselves when we're doing that. Like, okay actually, how can I think about this differently? How can I validate how I'm feeling so that I'm not beating myself up or making myself a victim or bashing someone else? It's a practice. Like You have to practice that because when we were actually actual kids, most of us, this is not role modeled. Going to your parent, feeling angry or upset, they're going to tell you to cut it out. That's enough. Stop your complaining. Go, you know, clean up your room or whatever. It is totally dismissed, right? And so we we do that to ourselves. We dismiss our own feelings. We slough them off all the time. So it's about inner child healing is a lot about reparenting yourself, coming back to yourself like you would the parent that you always needed to have to validate your feelings so that then you can have your needs met, right? We just want to have our needs met. And we can't rely on other people to do that all the time. I mean, that was supposed to be done when we were kids. That was our parents' job to, to a certain degree to meet our needs, to teach us how to meet our own needs. The majority of people, we're not getting that. And then we're all messed up and we're all, you know, going to therapy and needing help for decades to figure all that out (laughs) like there was this little thing that I saw there was like this line that was drawn it's like here's the first little um like say 18 years of your life your childhood more or less okay and then this longer section here it's like okay this is life okay here's your your childhood and then here's the other section of your life that is time spent in therapy talking about your childhood (laughs) (laughs) right <laughs> and then you die <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah it's um it's interesting to feel into yeah just there's a whole underlying arc in this conversation already thus far around wholeness um and giving ourselves what we need, meeting our own needs. And I think really we've landed there squarely when you're inviting us to reparent ourselves um, and giving ourselves exactly what, yeah, so far we've learned how to discern our needs, but then also get to a point where it's like, actually, like, yeah, even your inner child being able to be its parent and not have to seek the external sources. And I think there's a level of maturity from my experience that comes um, from having built that relationship 
Um, I know from, and I speak from having become a parent myself, um, it was quite, I don't want to say it was a period fraught with shadows because it was so beautiful, touch wood, when kids come through, but also with the lack of sleep, sleep deprivation, the way I've been describing it is like your walls of resilience just come straight down and everything that was your shadow that was hidden behind those walls of resilience just is just like jumping over the fence it's like hey here's all this unresolved shit you gotta work on and it's like great okay so uh you know being mr inspired evolution to touch wood in some ways i was like okay here's an opportunity um to roll up your sleeves if i get stuck into some stuff um and one of the things i was actively aware of and maybe i'm too spiritual but the way i was looking at it was my son at the time and now my son's touchwood um are holding space for me to become the father and the man that they need rather than me still being a boy you know um and a lot of it was like okay emotional regulation and it was like uh okay yes regulation but then also some of the stuff we're discussing here which is like yeah, but not all of it just needs to be regulated. Like some of it needs to be expressed. Some of it needs to be lived. Some of it needs to be felt. Some of it doesn't need to be felt and doesn't serve you anymore. And you've been carrying that for ages. And it was just like, oh my God, there's a lifetime's worth of work here. <laughs> you know, like back to your line is like 18 years of like all this emotional work. It's like, <laughs> maybe hashtag do the work rather than hashtag talk about it so much. But I don't know. <laughs> that sounds also like I'm pointing fingers. Um, but yeah, I think there's. Um, there's a whole body of work in there when it comes to our emotions and learning to reparent ourselves. Um, yeah. And it's, and I really like the the term practice that you used as well, because I know for myself, like venturing out because most of this stuff is like you and I are talking about it now. So there's like a spotlight on it. And so someone tuning into this conversation, like they're feeling it, they're getting it. But then when the rubber hits the road, you're usually on your own an experience you know you're interacting with somebody or something's happened and it's just you in that moment right and then all the emotional stuff comes up and it's so easy to just not do the work um and not feel it and then all of a sudden it's like actually no i'm gonna give myself permission to feel and it's like you know and from experience it's like the first few times i did that i remember feeling like a victim it was like oh like that really sucks because i feel i feel like i'm oh and then it's like actually no, it's more situational. It's not about you. This is just a situation, Amrit. But you are feeling a certain way, but just because you feel low doesn't make you a victim. And that's been like a great learning journey in and of itself. Sorry, you're nodding. Is it? <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Like we, we, we play a victim and, and that can only go on for so long. Like do that. Go there. Okay. You're, you're allowed to have that, but don't stay there. Don't stay there find the other story to tell yourself instead. Hey, you're Inspired Tribe. I want to take a quick sec. I wanted to share something today with you that is really dear to my heart. And it's actually what keeps the entire ecosystem around the Inspired Evolution thriving my one-on-one coaching. So it's basically coaching that helps you live a spiritually aligned life. I coach people from all different types of walks of life that these people are leaders and they're looking to have an incredible spiritual impact in the lives that they're leading for themselves and then also lead in alignment to their values. Now you don't have to take my word for it. Here's a few people that have also transformed through my coaching and here's what they have to say. 
Amrit is a fantastic coach. In a few sessions, he got to a depth that I'd only experienced before working with certain medicines. And He's gone through a lot of the struggles that you're probably facing. Then my corporate banking job wasn't really doing it. You feel like you're not making progress towards your goals. And Amrit's been a really strong, supportive figure in my journey. I'm more in control of myself. I'm kinder to myself. I actually have that vision and a purpose. I do feel like I'm a better version of myself already. Amazing energy. He was easy to talk to, which made me easy to trust him. Working with Emmerich at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and really I was bouncing out of bed. Whenever I get off the calls with Emmerich, best money we've ever spent. <laughs> I would not recommend him because I don't want everyone to know about him and then I won't be able to book him. If he gets too busy, I won't get my turn. I would say absolutely. There's no way you can work with Amrit for a period of time without being transformed. So if you're considering him as a coach, do not hesitate because you won't be disappointed. As you guys can see, there's a lot of people all over the world from all these different corners experiencing incredible transformations. I don't think, if I can say humbly myself, that there is anything quite like this somewhere else online. Most people that you know have channels that you know grow and grow and grow don't really focus on one-to-one -one offerings. I have just found that it is the most profound space where you can bring yourself in a private container and really just share what's going on for yourself. And if you want to book in for that call with me, touch base, it's www amrit.coach forward slash life. That's www.amrit.coach forward slash L-I-F-E. There is a link in the show notes below to book in that call. And yeah, if you want to take your journey further, if you want to dive in deeper and you really want to live a spiritually aligned life, if it's for you, please do check it out. And without too much further ado, once again, for your spirit, for yourself, today's podcast. Building a relationship with self, I think at this juncture, I'm going to ask you to share a little bit about your own journey, how you got to doing this work in the world, um, primarily because I'm conscious that, yeah, like you're speaking to the challenges that empaths have, um, and I guess I've researched you, so I thought I'd know, but I think it's useful at this juncture for the podcast for the audience to to follow along. Because I've got some really, well, as a high-level question, it's like, do you identify as an empath? Um, and then doing this work, how do you draw your own boundaries around people that are also struggling with boundaries? And, yeah, being able to relate with them so well, do you still find little backdoor crevices where it's like, oh, shit, I didn't set up a boundary there? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, does that happen to you? Do you get caught unaware? So all of that sort of say, yeah, if you can share a little bit around how you relate to this work so deeply, your own story and journey, um, and then how you start to come home to your boundaries. Thanks. For sure. And, and, yes, I do identify as being an empath, um, for sure. You know, there was a period of time where I was like, oh, this, this, this name empath, this is just a farce. and it's really just trauma or it's, you know, some people say it's just borderline personality or it's codependency, it's neurodivergent, whatever it is. Okay. I'm a deep feeler. I know that. Does it stem from trauma? For sure it does. Have I ever met an empath that didn't experience any trauma? Not yet. And if they did, there's something also called intergenerational trauma, right? That's just something we carry with us that we don't realize. Um, but boundaries is something that I was terrible at. Terrible. I mean, I, I, I had no concept of any of that. 
And then once I learned it, just like anyone else who's learned this concept of having boundaries, like, oh, well, gee whiz, why didn't anyone ever teach me that? Why didn't anyone tell me that I could take care of my own needs and honor my sensitivities and I'm allowed to? And that actually makes life easier and better and have more energy. Oh, right? Does it mean that just because I know how to set boundaries now that I'm a master at boundaries just because I teach people how to set boundaries that, that I'm a pro and that I'm per perfect at it. No, for, for sure not. There's, there's still things that I do that, um, I'm like, yeah, that, that wasn't cool. Like you just totally made something about yourself. You just internalized that or you, you, you enabled somebody in a certain way. Um, th those things still, still go on, but I'm conscious of it. I have an awareness of it and I know that it's part of the learning journey and I don't beat myself up over it. I use it as a learning opportunity because there's always learning. Like you can never learn enough about boundaries and then something else comes up to challenge you. It's like, okay, cool. I'm never going to be perfect at this. So yeah, like I, I have a daughter who's 15 and so respecting her boundaries and, and just, oh, giving her space and allowing her the independence to, it, it's very interesting with kids because it's almost like we do grow up with boundaries, but then we're told that they're wrong and we're shamed for them. You know, like if I want to say, I don't want to go to school today, too bad, you got to go. Get your, get your boots on. It's time to go to school, you know? It's like, but I'm trying to express a need that I have that I, I'm just not feeling well. Maybe my energy's tapped down. I just need to take off. To that, you know? But, but we disregard that kind of boundary in kids. Or, or kids' bedrooms where we just bust in there without knocking. You know? It's like, can you please knock? I don't need to knock. I, I pay for this home, you know? I, I pay for your rent. I don't need to knock. I'll come in here whenever I want. So there's all sorts of different examples that we can look back on our kids expressing boundaries to us in their own little way that we, that we shit on, you know, and, and we make them feel like they're bad for it. So yeah, we all have boundaries and then somewhere along the line, we lost them and now we all learn them again. And nobody's learning. Nobody's learning. I'm experiencing some positive guilt <laughs> as you're describing this to me. I just realized my son hates being tickled and I love being the tickle monster. <laughs> I'm just like, shit, yes. there's a boundary right there. <laughs> just right. like trampling all over. I know because they're, hey, but then once you get like why, so like, oh, 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 he's doing a little boundary right there. Oh, Pat, give yourself a pat on the back. Like, yes. I spotted that one. Amazing. Yeah. It's cool to sort of feel into what you're describing in that we've always had them and then we kind of lost them somewhere along the way, but it's just a matter of remembering them and reinstituting them um, because that feels more accessible than like, oh, I've just got to manufacture something out of thin air. <laughs> you know, that, feels, that feels like, well, where do I begin? Uh, whereas it's something we've always had but, and we just need to reclaim it, um, makes it more accessible. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's empowering for sure. So 
you also identify as the lone wolf empath. So who's the, the, the empath? <laughs> lone wolf. <laughs> so, so what's the um what's the lone wolf empath? What's the lone wolf? Well you know last year I was going through a depressive time. And I'm a spiritual person and I had kind of forgotten a little bit about my spiritual path, which which will go on, right? When you're going in those dark places. And so I I was like, I Googled, like, what's the spiritual meaning of depression? And it's a dark night of the soul. Like, oh, yes. Okay. That that made me feel oh, oh, I'm going through this dark night of the soul. There's gonna be something really great on the other side. We just gotta get through this little bit. Let's say it was my first time, because because I noted this term before. Like, oh yeah, that's what it is again. Okay, we're in that. And then I was typing up this this newsletter for my email subscribers. And as I was typing, I was talking about loneliness. And I was like, it's kind of like lone wolf. Being a lone wolf. And this, as I was typing, I was like, this is the energy I need to embrace. This lone wolf energy. Okay. You're on your own. You're by yourself. I have, like, the depression was kind of, was based in a sense of loneliness. Was losing parts of my family losing relationships, being just very alone on my own, you know, being a person who is an online coach. And so you're very isolated in that realm as well. And I don't know, it just popped in lone wolf energy. And I just ran with it. And the pun. Sorry. Yes. (laughs) That one. And I was Googling lone wolf and it just seemed like everything else that was out there was kind of like making it seem like some dark, sad thing to be. Like, I don't want it to be like that. I want this to be an empowering way of giving yourself permission, right? Like once again, I give you permission to be this way. And a lot of empathic people have experienced those periods of loneliness because they find themselves alone. Because the people around them, once they start to set boundaries, they find themselves very isolated and alone with nobody. They got to restart over. And so why not embrace that and be okay with that? And that's what got me out. That's what got me through this dark night was the lone wolf energy. Was just saying it's okay. Like just totally, total acceptance. No judgment about this way of life right now. So what if I spend 90% of my time alone? I'm doing some deep work right now. Something is going to come out of this. And yeah, I I attach the, the empath, the lone wolf empath to that because a lot of empathic people do experience this loneliness and aloneness. So I wanted to attach that power, power of a lone wolf with that term you know yeah i can see the empowerment that it's bringing in it really feels empowering because i can imagine there's somewhat of a vicious cycle for empaths in particular when they start to identify that and i'm using the word they (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. When we get to the point where it's like touch with the um you start to identify the healthy need for boundaries, and then like you said, you start ending up more and more isolated. Or and you might not even be able to identify the healthy need for boundaries, but you might just start to feel energetically that you're just tired of taking stuff on. And so you just retreat further and further and further and further and further and further into yourself. It's interesting though, because when you usually describe the term empath, it feels kind of like, oh yeah, like it's all about connectivity, <laughs> right? It's got this connectivity frequency. And then you've got this lone wolf frequency. Um, yeah. Is there a, is there a reconciliation between the both? Like how do you, yeah. Yeah. You... You're connecting with yourself. This is the path towards honoring your own needs, right? Like without any distractions around, now you come back to sitting with your own feelings. There's no one else around. It's just you. So now you're here to do this work. What do I need? How am I feeling? Reparenting myself, giving myself what I always needed to give myself reconnecting with my creativity and my 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 passions and and the things that I've always wanted to do because now I have all this space to do what I want to do so it's a connection to yourself that's what's happening random question part of me for this um well I'm gonna ask <laughs> um but wolves are generally pack animals um so Lone wolf, is it something that we develop to understand our needs, fill up our own cup and install our boundaries in a really healthy way and then reintegrate back into the pack? Or is it something that we, yeah, identify with, carry, helps us? Is it like for a certain period and then we reintegrate into the pack or is it something that actually determines our trajectory going forward? Have we put a random question on know. Just... Yeah, and there's no rules. You decide what you want to do. We're born into a pack. We usually veer off. There are, like, in in the wild, 30% of wolves are dispersers. That's the term that they use. They're dispersers. Lone wolves. Oh, for lone wolves. They go off on their own. They go off on their own for for whatever various reasons. Probably mainly because of survival, because there wasn't enough food in in their pack to go around. So they had to go off on their own for survival or also um, too much competition um, for mating. So they went off and also to be able to mate um, outside of their pack so they could have um, more um, uh, diversity in their gene pool. I did a little research on it. I like it. (laughs) I can imagine. You you usually go off on your own, right? Like a lot of, a lot of lone wolf, personalities they'll probably go off on their own as soon as they could move out of the out of the home they're out of there they're like i'm doing my own thing and then their their purpose is to find their own their own pack so maybe they they found their own family and, and develop that but then there's a there's a pattern here or something's going to happen where it's, it's probable that they could disperse again on their own right so this could happen a few times in your lifetime where you go through these periods and then maybe you pack up again and then maybe you pack up again to go out on on your own, right? There's a um, strength and strengths, strengths and traits of the lone wolf or the lone wolf empath. How can they leverage that to 
yeah, lead more fulfilling lives, I guess. Because I imagine they make for some good leaders. They can lead mm. themselves in and out of certain situations. Um, leading of themselves, yeah. More of a teacher, maybe, than a leader. I don't think they would like to be leaders that much than, than a teacher. Like an inspired leader. By default. And is that the main is that the main thing you think running wolves are suited to? Mm, no. I I don't I did a video on this one too. The I said why would not make a, a leader? Why would not be a leader? Because we don't really like groups that much. <laughs> We don't like to be like the head person of of a bunch of people. That's too much, especially as a as an empathic person. No, we, we don't we don't want to take on that role. We just I'll be over here. You can come ask me some questions, but I'm I'm not taking over anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like more, yeah, more like a shaman or, or let's say an elder, right? Like in indigenous groups, like somebody who's, who's just there to, to give guidance, but not necessarily be the, or tell everyone what to do or be that mm. person. You've mentioned creative pursuits quite a few times in this podcast, suited towards creativity as well, if you were to learn more in some ways. What's that? Suited towards creativity, for yes. the yeah. <laughs> yes, it is a lifeline. It is a lifeline to our existence, for me anyway. Since I was born, I've had a passion for music and movement of my body, and art, and the beauty of of art and catching things that you know that other people don't see hearing things in a certain way that other people don't hear. Well, <laughs> there's a whole, any further advice for those? I know there's a whole YouTube channel dedicated to this. <laughs> and I will put a link to, um, to yeah. Fanny's uh, channel in the show notes below for you guys to go check out. Um, but yeah, any, like for those that are feeling lone wolfy and empathy, um, if I can, can I say it that way? Um, I just said, yeah, anyway. I love it. Thanks for the permission. Scott. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like for those that are feeling alone, empathic, like any words of wisdom, sage advice for, for those people. You're not alone. You're not. There's many of us out here that are, or that have struggled with exactly what you're experiencing right now but we're managing to thrive through it. And so find what lights your fire. Really make that your your life mission. Whatever it is, whatever that might be, you know, it's going to be so different for everyone. And just own that and intend to that as a way to to ground you and to remind you how awesome you are. Um, 
yeah, just give yourself that compassion. You know, just always, always speak kindly to yourself, and and most mostly just yeah, you're not alone. There's many of us out here. Yeah, it's not lost on me just the um, profundity of your work, Freya. Especially as I start to tune in more and more online and feeling into how you're, yeah, just providing how necessary. Well, my highest value is connection. Uh, when I do my values work. So just noticing how much of your work is giving people permission to be their lone wolf empath self, like just completely owning it. And then also sneakily, I don't know if it's sneaky, <laughs> but like bringing them together as well. <laughs> and it's like, when, <laughs> you know, and it's like this, ah, oh, that's relieving <laughs> to some degree. It's this, I don't know if it's a catch 22 or not. I don't know, but it's, yeah, the, yeah, thank you, I guess is what I'm trying to say in a really <laughs> weird, twisted way. <laughs> yep, that's right. We can connect with other people, but most importantly, make sure you're connecting with yourself first. And then the connections you have with other people, oh, next level. Yeah. Freya, I could thank you for today's conversation in the podcast, but really I think at the heart of it also is, yeah, the... um what we don't get to see in this podcast and you know we do get to revel in though energetically is all the the time spent where you know you've you know like you said it's all the practice and you know you've spent minutes in the dojo hours in the dojo years in the dojo working on yourself um yeah installing your boundaries having a look at where your needs are learning to fill up your own cup and then learning how important that is to ultimately share that with the world and us here today so just wanted to Yes, thank you, but also just acknowledge you for who you are and, uh, yeah, the frequency you're carrying in the world. I feel really appreciate you, Sister Maria. Yeah, thank you. Oh, Sister Wolf. <laughs> Sister Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, really. Um, yeah, thank you. For those that want to tune into your work further, obviously I'm a fan of the YouTube channel. Your Instagram is also very alive. Um, can you direct us to your website potentially? Yeah. Yep, that would be freyamortensen.net. And do you reckon those are the best places to get in touch? Um, Instagram or directly through my through my uh, website too. Awesome, and I'll link all of that into the show notes below. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andy. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of The Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 